Welcome back to the Sports and Entertainment Express podcast. It's episode 35 and a lot covering sports and entertainment as I'm your host, Ryan Prasad. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or other platforms as well. Remember to subscribe, share, and rate the podcast after you're done listening. Go follow the Facebook page, the Sports and Entertainment Express, the Twitter page, Express underscore pod underscore, and Instagram, SE underscore Express 20 or search up the Sports and Entertainment Express. Let's get right into a lot of things have happened over the last, well, week, I would say. And free agency has opened up in the NFL. So let's start there. Player signings and trades in the NFL. The Las Vegas Raiders signed Chandler Jones, which is very interesting. But you know what? I think this is a pretty good thing for the Vegas Raiders because actually an upgrade and Jones actually played for the Arizona Cardinals for the past six seasons. And this is going to be a really a difference maker, especially on their Raiders on the field. So it'll be very interesting to see. On the other hand, the Buffalo Bills signed Vaughn Miller to a six-year, $120 million deal. And this guy, he just won a championship over in LA. He's now going to Buffalo and uh, going to play with the Bills. This is going to be interesting, especially uh, of that contract in the terms and money-wise. But I thought, you know, he would at least stay in L.A. or he would have maybe gone to, would have either played for maybe the Chargers, possibly. But, you know, that is what it is and see what happens I'm there. But former Green Bay Packer now, Zay Darius Smith, uh, signed a four-year deal worth $35 million which is a maximum value of $50 million with the Baltimore Ravens. I think this will really help the Ravens big time to get back into the playoff picture, but also this is a loss for the Green Bay Packers because he was a very good player on that team, and now he's heading to Baltimore. Uh, The New York Giants signed quarterback Terod Taylor for two years worth $17 million, and there is so much happening. Russell Wilson goes to Denver. He's not going to, he's going to go play with the Broncos, and he is excited for that opportunity. Of course, I'll get into that a bit later. The New York Giants, yeah, I... This guy might might be the quarterback for the Giants that the Giants have been looking for from, you know, Eli Manning otherwise, you know. In the MLB, though, the Toronto Blue Jays, they acquired Matt Chapman from the Oakland Athletics in exchange for four prospects. That'll be interesting to see what, and hopefully the Blue Jays will get back into the uh, playoff picture since now the MLB is finally back. So that's nice to hear. San Francisco Giants signed outfielder Jacques Peterson. One year, $6 million deal. Uh, Chicago Cubs agreed to a five-year deal with Seiya Suzuki worth $85 million. The Colorado Rockies and Chris Bryant agreed to a seven-year deal worth $182 million. I think this might give Rockies some playoff contention with him being on their team now. In the NHL, their big news was the San Jose Sharks and Thomas Hurdle gets get a contract extension done for eight years worth $64 million. I think this is going to be a big thing for the Sharks. They got to look forward, and I think they are. They're doing a good job. 
afford this. They've now locked up Hurdle, and I think Hurdle is probably a, a key piece to their franchise as of now with other players and prospects coming into play in the uh, coming years. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, San Jose will bring to the table, especially um, the California teams are just really keeping it going in the NHL right now in the standings. So uh, see how that goes. But you know what? The NFL, my oh my, things are happening. And there is a quarterback shuffle going around. Kaepernick out of the shotgun. Kaepernick is inside the five, and he is in for the touchdown. Yes, that is right. Colin Kaepernick, there is rumors going around with Colin Kaepernick probably heading to Seattle as uh, he was throwing a few footballs around with wide receiver Tyler Lockett. And, uh, you know, head coach Pete Carl uh, reached out to Kaepernick when Russell Wilson was injured last season, but nothing happened. And last time Kaepernick played in the NFL was back in 2016, but parted ways with San Francisco in the 2017 offseason. And I mean, Kaepernick still has that ability to play. He wants to get back into the NFL. Does he deserve a second chance? I think he does. I think he does deserve a second chance, just like how the Oilers gave a second chance to a Vander Kane, and it's working out for them. I thought Vander Kane would have, may have been, didn't have his head screwed on tight, but he does. And he looks like the Vander Kane when he was with the San Jose Sharks few years ago and the Oilers signed that one-year deal with him for one million dollars and as I said it looks like it's working out and maybe possibly there could be a signing in the offseason for Evander Kane from the Empton Oilers so but back on Kaepernick's case here and you know what Colin Kaepernick he's been been through quite a bit you know the NFL releasing him earlier and here's the thing is that what happened with Kaepernick is because he kneeled down during the national anthem, it was because of police brutality um, and injustice and everything like that. But I think he, he did it for the good, and I think the NFL looked at it as a signal of too late, and teams really around the league in 2019-20 didn't want anything to do with him. And now, maybe there's a second look at Colin Kaepernick for these teams. Maybe Russell Wilson is now gone to Denver. Maybe this is Kaepernick's time to shine as a way of saying, hey, you know what? I'm still a good quarterback no matter what. I'm still doing the workouts and everything like that. I just gotta, I want to still continue to play. So, you know, whichever team he maybe goes to, uh, maybe Seattle, I, I possibly think maybe that Seattle team is a good fit for him because they acquired Drew Locke in that in the Russell Wilson trade so quarterback for a quarterback in exchange and Colin Kaepernick I can probably see him as a starter for Seattle and Drew Locke being a backup and maybe Colin Kaepernick mentoring Drew Locke just like how Tom Brady mentored Jimmy Garoppolo um, when both players were with the New England Patriots my thoughts on a Colin Kaepernick second chance in the NFL. So let's get into some curling now. This is what happened at the 2022 Briar. Pivoting around, trying to hold it. With three men, they win a fourth Canadian men's curling championship. Yes, the Briar is done and swept away and completed as there was declared a new champion. Team Gushu, 
Team Wildcard won. First time ever winning a wildcard team. The first time a wildcard team winning the Briar. Team Gushu's, also Brad Gushu, being the skip of that team and picking up his fourth title. Which is amazing. But there's also some changes that will happen at the end of the curling season of 2021-22. As there is one team in the women's division who will go their separate ways at the end of the season. Which is Team Jennifer Jones. Making the announcement on Twitter. Now, and now Don McEwen, who played with Jennifer Jones for 14 years. Which is surreal um but team jones did accomplish a lot and when she was on the ice she won gold in 2014 so she a two-time world champion from 2008 and 2018 a two-time scotty's champion in 2019 and 2010 but also there's some other teams who are calling it quits and going their separate ways team jacobs Team Flurry and Team Cooey have all called it quits at the end of the curling season. This is an opportunity for other teams to get into the Briar, to Scotties, and represent whatever province they came from. The next generation coming through for the Briar and the Scotties. This is going to be huge. Now, there is a, a few players, I believe the second, third, and lead of Team Jacobs, who will still be in competitive curling. But Jacobs saying that, you know, I'm just going to take a year off and kind of get away from the game. This is going to be very interesting to see what happens until next year. See where which teams will represent the provinces, territories, in the Scotties, and Briar. Let's get right into some entertainment now. A lot of things are happening in the entertainment industry right now. But there's one thing that's really happening. As, you know, big movies return to the movie theaters. One movie has stayed number one at the box office for a second week. And now it's gone into a third week, which is Batman. Now, the movie brought in $134 million in its debut weekend domestically. But of course, it has gone up since then to 238.5 million now globally it's made 463.2 million dollars but i'll give you an update and it's now reached 500 million dollars that is insane half a billion dollars for batman now as batman enters its third week and now it will probably still remain number one in North America, but there was a live concert which packed 797 theaters in North America. BTS. Now, globally, it made $32.6 million as the ticket was $35. But it, it gets me thinking, though. Does it make sense for movie theaters to bring in live concerts and put it on the big screen just to earn more money, not just from big blockbuster movies, like for Marvel and DC and other ones as well that are coming out or ha and have come out, but I think this should be a keeper this should be kept now i'm not saying weekly monthly anything like that maybe when there's a live concert they should probably do four out of the year of whoever do a big you know whoever has a big tour that might bring in people that want to want to watch the concerts i mean bts was a hit i can think of maybe some other concerts that might be happening that could eventually be pretty decent on the big screen to watch 
But I, I'm just thinking maybe this is just another way for movie theaters. They have lost the movie theaters, AMC, Regal, Cinemark, Cineplex. They have all lost a lot of money within the quarters or from the pandemic. So it is hard for them right now. But the push for them coming back as of now, it looks like it's an awakening. It looks like the movie theaters are starting to come back with one eye open so far and that second eye is oh is about to open up but they still got to find new ways to bring back people into their seats they still do and it is hard you know now talking about that now movie theaters have possibly found a way to get people back in their seats without letting them notice it the hike in ticket prices for the Batman apparently went up to a dollar or two. Now that's a kind of dreadful, but B, they gotta do what they gotta do. But I'm surprised that people didn't really notice. Maybe just because of the pandemic. But this works in AMC's favor as everything is going up in price. And movie theaters look on to recover in the entertainment industry. But Regal Cinemas and Cinemark Theaters also jacked up their prices quietly when Spider-Man No Way Home came out in December. But there are some big movies for you to enjoy on the big screen this spring and summer. You got Morbius on April 1st, Marvel's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on May 6th, Top Gun, Maverick on May 27th, Jurassic World Dominion on June 10th, and some other big movies over the summer. With ticket prices going up, people think it will scare customers away. Think about it this way. If the movie has been in the theater for two to three weeks and its performance at the box office isn't the greatest, why would I pay a standard price when the performance isn't doing well? Maybe... The companies have to knock down the price in in the third week to maybe 7 to $10. That way, you still have people coming to the movies and movie owners or movie theater businesses more so uh, still earn some money in their pocket. But sometimes that doesn't work. The rise, the raise in prices will lose a person's interest. And I can see that. People already are wondering why the concession is so expensive. That's where they make the most money. Tickets are the secondary. If they lower the prices on tickets, maybe more people will come in. But what if they lower the concession prices just a tad bit, maybe a dollar or two less? Will it bring in more people? Or will it bring in more money for them, for the companies? And let it stay afloat? Possibly, this could happen. But again, it depends on what movies are coming out. And I think people just have to, well, watch whatever movie they want to within the first week or two, maybe. I think advertising is such a big thing. If you don't advertise very well, you're not going to bring a lot of customers. You're not going to bring a lot of money. Now, I'll say it again that, you know, the movie theaters, everybody wants to go watch the latest, you know, DC, Marvel. But again, superheroes can always save the movie theater businesses. They just can't. I think what it is, I think people just have to get give other 
these other movies a chance. I think people just have to be a bit open-minded about new movies. That's my take on it. Let's shift into the award season. The Critics' Choice Awards has come and gone for 2022, but it was amazing. It was pretty cool, actually. It was broadcasted in two different cities, Los Angeles and London. Now, the fashion was on tee at the Critics' Choice Awards this year. I would say my top favorites, top three favorites were Kristen Stewart, Ali Berries, and Selena Gomez. And there were so many other female actors who looked amazing. Some some looks were like, mm, what are you wearing? But talking about Selena Gomez, though, who, wore, uh, who looked elegant in her Louis Vuitton red dress with a cape back of it, talking about superheroes, um and a piercing that looked like Cupid's arrow. So that was pretty dazzling. But here's the thing. She was nominated in two categories. She was nominated in Best Actress in a Comedy Series and Best Comedy Series for Only Murders in the Building. But she lost the two categories. She didn't win, but the viewership went down 47% when she lost in the end, which is crazy. I mean, I thought... Like, I thought the last award show was bad. You know what, Halle, Halle Berry won a See Her Award. It's an award that recognizes a woman who pushes her boundaries and defines stereotypes, which is important, and she spoke about it in her speech. This is why I am so grateful to be standing and living in this moment where women are standing up and we are telling our own stories. Because you know why? We will write... We will produce, we will direct, and if we're brave enough, we'll star in it all at the same time. We will use our emotional intelligence and we will tell stories that don't fit preconceived notions. No, we will tell stories that see us fully in all our multitudes and contradictions because we are confident and we are scared. We are vulnerable, and we are strong. We are beautiful, and we are abused. We are everything and all of that, and all at the same time. It makes you realize the opportunities women have now in the entertainment industry. They have a lot of opportunities now. They can be producers, they can be directors, they can tell a story. Anyone can tell a story, but it just depends on how good of a storyteller you are and how engaging the person, people, or so, will captivate that story, soak it all in like a sponge. I can just say this, women have come a long way in the entertainment industry. For the men, it was great. Um, You know, top three faves I have for the men are Jared Leno, Michael Keaton, and Will Smith. And Will Smith's speech was good too, as he won Best Actor for King Richard, and he spoke about his performance as Richard Williams. And this movie, well, it's more so a documentary about the Williams sisters, who are famous tennis players, and in his speech, it was practically, he was so honored to take the role of Richard Williams 
and it was just amazing. Best actress、uh, went to Jessica Chastain. She does it again. I mean, oh, what an amazing person she is! She really knows how to act. So, two fun facts for you here on the pod: Connor Bernard, who plays for the Regina Pats in the WHL, becomes the first 16-year-old player to score 40 goals in a WHL season since Jeff Fraser in 1993. And as of now, he sits at 79 points. In forty-nine games, and the second fun fact for you is "Levitating" by Dua Lipa makes history as the longest-charting Billboard Hot 100 hit ever among women. That's all I got for you on episode thirty-five. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, App Podcast, or whichever platform you listen on. Remember to subscribe, share, and rate the podcast after you're done listening. Go follow all of the social media pages on Facebook, the Sports and Entertainment Express, Twitter at Express underscore Pod underscore. And Instagram se underscore express twenty, so you don't miss out on all the content、uh, I am posting. 